everyone. Welcome back to Wills and Trusts for Gens X and Y, where we demystify and discuss California wills, trusts, and probate issues in plain English. I'm Christy Asselin, a Los Angeles-based attorney with Wills and Trust clients all over California. Today, we're going to be talking with Jeff Weston, a certified financial planner and wealth advisor at Tortuga Wealth Management, um, a South Bay Los Angeles wealth management firm. If you need to reach him, you can reach him at uh, 310-929-0109 or at Jeff, J-E-F-F, at Tortuga Wealth. Tortuga Wealth is T-O-R-T-U-G-A wealth.com. And Tortuga means turtle. Is that right, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> that is right. That is right. It's usually the sort of the first first question or first comment out of uh, in, in response to the name. And what is that what children's is, show with the Tortuga we talked about? Oh, right. Uh, wild what is it called? Wild, wild, wild Kratz, Kratz. yes. If Very you have children between with, the ages uh, of like like three to eight, three to seven, probably. Maybe <laughs> you might know the Tortuga from Wildcraft. Exactly. A really, really exactly. fun show. Um, so Jeff and I know each other through some mutual friends who attended the University of Pennsylvania. Um, so he's a CFP. And um, in addition, he got this very impressive resume, Jeff. He got his MBA from Georgetown University's McDonough School. It's McDonough, right? Did I say that right? Uh, McDonough. McDonough. Close, close enough. Of- all right. Thank you. Uh, school of business. During his time at Georgetown, he was named a Packard MBA fellow while working with the Nature Conservancy. In addition, he designed and led Georgetown's first course on impact investing, which is really cool. Um, Jeff, Jeff also worked as a research analyst for Microvest Capital, an impact investor in microfinance, and he obtained his, obtained his undergraduate degree from University of Pennsylvania. Jeff is also fluent in Spanish and Portuguese. Good gracious. Is there anything you don't, <laughs> Jeff? I, I couldn't a- make up, I couldn't make up my mind in, you know, in the early years. <laughs> He's okay. lived and worked in Latin America, or he lived and worked in Latin America for over three years. In his probably very small free time, he enjoys playing tennis, traveling, and community service. Um, he's an active member of Penn Services LA. I'm sorry, Penn Serves LA and a former board member of DOI Girls and Alliance for College Ready Public Schools. Okay, can I stop there? Can I ask you what that uh-huh. organization is? Was that the uh, Alliance, the last mm-hmm. one? Um, yes. uh, th- it's a, a charter school network. Um, cool. and, uh, that's the that's the uh, the short answer. Uh, um, it manages roughly, let's say, 15 charter schools i might be a little out of date but a number of uh charter schools throughout the la area really you know focused on underprivileged kids and and with really good you know i can't i can't quite um spout out the metrics but very good metrics in terms of getting um getting kids many of whom are getting young students into uh college often the first Mm. you know first in their family Mm -hmm. to do so so he lives in the South Bay with his wife, who is a nurse, right? So you married a strong woman. I love that. <laughs> two <laughs> two did, young I children did. and two friendly felines, which I didn't know existed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Definitely team dog yeah. over here. Okay. Um, and you were also, very importantly, an AYSO soccer coach, as am I. 
which is one of the things I think we've bonded over. Yes. Yes. It's been, it's been fun. Full disclosure. I, I was a assistant coach. Excuse me. <laughs> assistant coach. As was I. I, I was don't want to, I don't want to take coach. full credit. <laughs> right. Me <Yeah>. either. <laughs> um, are you guys, is, this your, is it your last game this week? Um, it what we we already had our last game yes this last uh saturday and it was uh it was a good season it was fun oh oh good i really have enjoyed the assistant coach job um i just saw all these kids like fall in love with soccer it was so amazing to watch and um you know it's always great to watch your own kid but then i felt like i had 10 other little kids that i got to watch and coach as much as i could with someone with zero soccer experience you know <laughs> totally yeah totally totally um i'd say it was definitely a, a good experience and it was also um but uh but you know a little challenging to wrangle uh six-year-olds in it all so it gave me an appreciation for you know working with kids as well and you know, managing your, your child while coaching the team at the same time not not the easiest task yeah it's not it took us i think the so my husband as i mentioned is the He's the head haunter, the head coach. Right. And, um, we would coach together and <laughs> my, my kiddo would sometimes be like, I'm going to go hang out with mama. And he would just <laughs> hang out with me and not play and have snacks. It's just like, and all the other kids would be playing. And I think under normal circumstances, if his parents weren't coaches, he totally would have been playing. It's just, it's different. They like, don't really want to share us and they act a little funky um during practice yeah. it, it took us like the whole season to kind of get that mm -hmm. under wraps um the last practice I wasn't there but it was it was good mm -hmm. did you find that too with your each your daughter's team, um right? uh it was my son's team um and uh I didn't have so much that issue as much as just uh just general uh I don't know you know, not not just for my son, but in general, just trying to keep folks like focused on, on the focused. practice or or on the game. Um, yeah, and which is you know you, you, these are little kids, so shouldn't be totally. shouldn't expect too much. But there are times when you're like, "There's a game going on. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop, uh, you know, playing with that. Stop playing with the mud." Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Stop pulling the grass out of the field. Please stop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Back to your professional career. So um, yes. I know that the term financial advisor gets thrown around a lot, but you, you are a certified financial, uh, wait, CFP, certified planner. financial professional planner. Sorry. Um, can you kind of explain what that means? I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. That's essentially okay. the CFP, um, or, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, it's a trademarked, um, you know, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Acronym or term. So, um, but it's essentially the, I'd call it the gold standard in financial planning. It takes a certain amount of, there's a, there are a few components, education, um, hours in the industry, and then, you know, passing a, a, a pretty rigorous test. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so I think it does hopefully give folks a little more confidence that, you know, that the CFP professional has a has a background in financial planning. Um, mm -hmm. Because as I as I did mention to you previously, it's not it's not per se difficult to get into this industry. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, somewhat low barriers to entry. But I think, you know, what's what's hard is to build, you know, build a good firm and and clientele and and uh, and advisors do have all kinds of backgrounds. Um, and you know, there's lots of good advisors out there. And by the way, there's plenty of good advisors uh, that <laughs> that don't have their CFP. So I don't think it's the be all mm-hmm. end all, but but certainly, mm-hmm. um, you know, an, an important designation. Got it. And I, I think that, I guess I've seen the, cause I was a member of provisors and I had saw the term financial advisor, just like thrown around all the time. Um, right. And I, I think I, in general, the, the, including yourself, the, the folks that I recommend to my clients that are looking for financial advisors tend to be CFPs or on their way to becoming a CFP. Um, Cause it is yeah. like the gold standard in the industry, not to be um, elitist or anything, but that's just the way it is, you know? And if I'm making a, a, a recommendation to a client, I want to know that they're in really, really good hands. So, um, and you work with both institutions and individuals, right? Uh, correct. Um, I work primarily with, with individuals um, and it, mostly families couples or mm-hmm. uh, you know oftentimes with with their children um and you know in in some cases multiple generations of of this you know of that family um yeah. but um but i we will also work with um organizations where we'll either we'll advise the retirement plan often the 401k or we'll you know we'll often help them start it and then advise it um and and i've i've worked with other you know uh entities in the past um but it's it's probably 90% um families and 10% mm. you know entities okay okay got it um and so what how would you say like you uh, or what do you exactly obviously you advise your clients but what is what it do that do? you do yeah tell us a little bit <laughs> i know you describe it as bespoke wealth management which i i love that phrase but if you right. tell us a little it's, bit more about who you work with and what you do sure sure um i i i always like i i always struggle to answer that question you know, mm-hmm. concisely but um but uh, because clients are somewhat diverse and and uh wide-ranging um and you know i have my clientele my colleagues also have clientele um that my clientele tends to be a little bit more, um, you know, in my, my age range, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm 42, should kind of give or take a few years and at mm-hmm. a somewhat similar stage in life. Um, and I really advise them on, um, any, all matter, any and all matters financial. I'm either, I'm at a minimum, I, I'm, uh, I try to be aware of, you know, everything that's happening in their, in their financial life. That's part of the, part of financial planning really helps to have all that background so that I can properly advise them. Um, but, um, you know, and then, man, and then I'm often managing many of the the pieces from their investment, their non-retirement accounts, their retirement accounts, their college savings accounts, and, you know, any number of other uh, elements, of, you know, it's somewhat of a laundry list. It could include insurance where, where that's um, relevant you know, and other, mm-hmm. other matters. And uh, when you and say insurance, so not, do you mean... Uh, go ahead, sure. 
sorry, when you say insurance, do you mean um, life insurance? Yes, I mean primarily life insurance and um, long-term disability insurance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's, you know, not everyone needs it, but depending on the situation, it's often, it's it's really part of risk management. So for instance, if, um, if I'm managing a, a couple's money and they have um, a child on the way, that would be one of the first things I would want to review. Do you have, you know, what kind of life insurance do you have? What do you have through work? Um, maybe that's adequate or maybe, you know, maybe that needs to be um, amped up. And kind of uh, similar with uh, the long-term disability insurance, which I think is often overlooked, but um, actually a client of mine years ago, <laughs> if you're listening, you know who you are, but a client of mine said, I don't know how you can, um, I don't know how you can manage people's money and not, and not um, make sure they have all this insurance. And so this is a number of years ago, but uh, I agreed with him. And, and so I make sure to at a minimum review uh, what yeah. insurance folks have Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, it's uh, insurance is tricky because a lot of folks, you know, you, they don't think they need it. <laughs> but I try to at least have the conversation and make them aware of the um, the case for it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we talked about last time, like you manage all the all the aspects. Like if you if your clients are saving up for a down payment on a house, you help them with that. Um, retirement goals, like whatever is relevant to them at the time. Correct. Uh, uh, on the, yes, on the down payment side, especially, I I haven't always um, necessarily done that. There are times when I've said, um, you, you know, go ahead and, and I think you're, you know, you can manage that your, yourself uh, fine. Um, but I've increasingly done that for folks as more of a where I'm oftentimes I'm it's cash management and I'm helping them just get as uh, you know much of a a yield on their uh, on their cash as they can. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, like let's make sure you're not getting at a minimum. Let's make sure you're not getting zero at the bank, whether I manage it for you or you do it somewhere else. Like let's make sure you're being you know wise with your your cash. And, uh, and, and so I essentially work backwards from each goal. So if the goal is buy, buy a house in a year, then, you know, what are your best vehicles for that time frame? You don't want to, you really don't want to mess around with the stock market for, for that um, specific bucket. So that's where, mm-hmm. you know, you look at a, a couple of different, you might look at, um, you know, money markets and CDs and just much more conservative um types of investments or vehicles that would be suited to that time frame. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I feel like I cut you off while you were talking. It's exciting so. stuff. It's exciting. It is stuff. exciting. <laughs> I think money, I think financial literacy is exciting because it's really empowering. It is. It is exciting. But what's funny is like some of this is the, the historically, the oftentimes the, the more boring, you, you wouldn't think you would, spend so much time talking about cash and bonds but but especially since rates have come up significantly over the last Mm -hmm. um you know year or so um it's it's you know it's important (laughs) yeah absolutely um okay switching gears just a little bit um can you 
talk about, and this is, um, you know, it can apply to you and how, how you charge, but because different financial planners charge different ways. Um, there's the commission. And I think we talked about that last time being a little old school and there's fee based and there's fee only. Can you just distinguish those different types of, I guess, pricing models that financial planners use? Yes, I will uh, do my best. <laughs> I think it you okay. know, can get a little confusing. Um, no, so financial stuff being confusing. There's no way. <laughs> even, <laughs> even for you know the folks that are living it, it's or working in it, it can be a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so fee only, fee only is a very specific term. I think you know that really means they. Um, you know, they only earn, let's say, an advisory fee or a project-based fee, right? A fee for service as opposed to, and they do not earn any um, commissions, meaning like I, they don't earn a a fee per trade, a, you know, per transaction. Um, and they may, and they don't, and they also don't earn commissions from the sale of um, insurance products and maybe other products. So it's really strictly, um, that's my, that's, I think, you know, my definition. So, Mm -hmm. um, then, so that's fee only. I I would say folks that fit that description are pretty, pretty rare. Then Uh there's, um, fee based, which it's hard to know what the numbers are, but I think the, the bulk of advisors, excuse me, advisors are, are fee-based nowadays, um, where, you know, the most of their revenue comes from charging an advisory fee. Let's just say 1% of assets, for example, you know, if the client, you know, comes in with $100,000, they're charging 1% on the assets they, on that $100,000. Um, and, and that's their, that's the, the main source of revenue from the client. So then as the client's, um, you know, balance goes up or down, the advisor's fee would sort of, you know, would follow. And so, you know, the advisor is incentivized to grow the client's assets because their fee will grow as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in that camp, the fee-based camp. Um, Mm -hmm. and then there's, then there's commission. I don't think there are too many folks nowadays that are purely commission, but you know they, they but they're out there. <laughs> the old school mm-hmm. like stock stockbrokers that just you know call for each trade and say, hey, you know, I think you should, you know, I think we should buy you, um, you know, some shares in Apple, and then here's my, you know, and then they'll get a commission on that trade. Um, Got it. But I'd, I'd, I'd say that's increasingly rare. And then it gets a little bit, you know, if your fee, this is probably a longer answer than you wanted, but if your fee, uh, fee-based, fee you might still have a little bit of commission business. Um, and, and there can be good reasons for that, right? For example, for a given household, you may have different purposes. And for some accounts, it, for some accounts, it may make sense to be much more buy and hold, in which case the commission base would be, is probably going to um, be cheaper to the client and just kind of make more sense. You know, once in a while mm-hmm. we'll have a transaction fee and then we'll hold these securities for many years. So you're better, you don't need to pay, you know, you don't need to pay the advisor and advisor uh, a, a fee on that um, every year. 
So I think sometimes it gets a little bit over, oversimplified when in reality, like, you know, these are just somewhat different ways to, you know, structure things. And, um, and it's not necessarily that one, one of those is, is better for the client. I think it depends on the situation. Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's one thing I think we forgot to define in the last question, which is like, sure. I think you like, um, like in terms of who is going to be a good fit for you, um, mm-hmm. client wise, you tend to work with folks that are a little higher on the, like they have a significant wealth to invest. Is that right? Yes. Um, I tend, I'd say I tend to work with folks that are, um, Henry's that, that term, the high earner, not rich yet. Some, some are rich, (laughs) (laughs) some are already rich, which is, Mm -hmm. which is, um, makes, maybe makes things a little easier, but otherwise I'm really like, I'm betting on my client being, uh, a good client over the next, you know, let's say a couple decades, right? Maybe, maybe, I think I can, I, I might have three decades, <laughs> you know, left <laughs> in this, in this, in this industry. We'll, that, that'd be a good run. Um, so, but I'm really betting on folks, um, when, the, when their assets are a little bit more modest. Um, um, I, so it's hard to say. I, I, I would say generally I'm taking on clients with, uh, today that have investable assets, uh, north of 500,000. Um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, um, but I'm happy to talk to folks. And I, I do like to, if I can find a way to help someone, you know, and it uh, sort of works within my capacity, uh, uh, I like to at least try to try to do that or, you know, point them in the right direction at a minimum. Okay. Okay, great. That's good to know. Um, and good for me to know mm-hmm. as I'm working with clients. Um and then I think one of the things that I find so interesting about your career sort of path or trajectory is your interest in the not-for-profit um, and impact-focused work. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your non not-for-profit work that you've done? Sure, sure. Um, well, I've done a few non-for-profit or, or more broadly speaking, impact-oriented things over the years um you know uh what was first i've done i i did volunteer at a pretty um i volunteered uh right after undergrad for an hiv aids related startup um and sort of um you know in a more of a business capacity happy to like go into that but but i was i i i was I don't know, like a lot of young folks, I, I guess, figuring out what I was interested in and, sure. you know, excited by. And, and mm-hmm. I wasn't, as I wrapped up my undergrad at, um, at UPenn, I, I wasn't ready to go into one of the conventional, you know, consulting careers or, or finance careers. Um, and, I, and I had long had an interest in Latin America. I had actually studied abroad for a year in high school and, um, in the Northwest of Argentina mm-hmm. spoke, you know, spoke Spanish fluently uh, at this point and, and, um, and heard about this opportunity, you know, volunteer opportunity. So um, I, I then I, I had a good year, uh, not per se an easier, but a fulfilling year. And 
while I was down there, I did realize though that down the road, I, I, I would have more impact if I, you know, honed my skills and deepened my, my knowledge of business. And so eventually I, I think that's when I started to think about, you know, getting an MBA down the road, getting more sort of uh, conventional experience, and then hopefully being able to leverage that for, for good, you know? And mm-hmm. so I've done a few different impact. I've, I've interned with the, uh, the nature conservancy during business school and um, you know, the other in- internships you mentioned. Um, and then in the day job, you know, where, um, where I can, I like to help individuals align their investments with their values and also sort of, you know, where, where they do philanthropy, talk to them about, about what they're doing and, uh, you know, how we can be a resource on, on, in that, on that front. Um, and that's not something per se that we, where I'm trying to manage all the pieces and really be the, you know, program manager as they, as they do philanthropy, but I'm, I'm well-versed. And uh, so, you know, we can, we can be pretty helpful there. Um, I was just next going to ask you um, if you have tips for looking for a uh, financial advisor or wealth advisor. Um, Well, I think at a starting point, you know, you do want to find someone you trust. So oftentimes our, our clients do come via referral. Um, and, and so I think that mm-hmm. gives, tends to give folks some, you know, confidence that, um, a friend or family members work with, you know, the individual or the company for, for X time, mm-hmm. and, you know, know they can rely on them. Um, mm-hmm. um, obviously maybe that's not the only way. And so there are some different organizations out there to, uh, if you want to look for, um, strictly for advisors that are CFPs, you can search within the CFP um, the certified financial planners, um, website, and then there's a couple of other like industry organizations. Um, but I think most, um, NAPFA, I, I often forget this acronym. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's NAPFA, but folks tend to, I think most folks tend to really ask their peers and, and, you know, or, or, uh, either ask their peers, you know, directly or, or through some, you know, through nowadays there's apps like Nextdoor and Fishbowl where they, there starts to be a little chatter about, Hey, like mm-hmm. you are good advisors for working with this type of situation. Um, but, you know, one way or another, trying to find somebody that, that uh, folks recommend. Um, and for anyone listening, NAPFA is N-A-P-F-A, and it stands for the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors. Um, and it's interesting too that you mentioned Nextdoor and even like the community, like the community pages on Facebook. I get, uh, I'm not going to say significant, but I get a handful of shout outs on those pages, which is oh, great. Nice. Um, yeah, because I'm kind of more of a local type business. Um, mm-hmm. For the most part, a lot of my clients are in this like, Pasadena, Glendale, Altadena area. Um, yeah, I think that's actually a good place. If you don't know anyone personally with a referral, going on to like a local Facebook group and asking can give you some good ideas too. 
Well, I'm glad um, it. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works. Like with Facebook specifically, I haven't looked at that for for advisors, but um, but I'm curious. Um, so because I don't think we, uh, I'm not sure if I'm a, <laughs> even allowed to um, advertise on Facebook specifically. Um, mm -hmm. But there, yeah, there are other uh, same idea where folks may one way or another, you know, find us find us online. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh, um, one of my favorite questions to ask is always, what is your favorite career success story? I'm sure you've got a lot of them. So maybe something uh, more recent or favorite story of a happy or satisfied client. Hmm. Um, well, in terms of satisfied clients, I guess the best, the best sign is that <laughs> folks tend to stay with me. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll try to think of, you know, uh, one anecdote, but most, most of my clients have stayed with me you know, starting, they were, they were with me at Morgan Stanley for some years and then came along when I, um, switched firms. So that's, you know, around 10 years for, for many folks at this point. Um, mm -hmm. But in terms of success stories, as I'm, I mentioned to you, you know, when we got together previously, a lot of my clients are somewhat early on in their, like in their savings and their, in their financial journey. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, most of the time, I don't have a really dramatic story for, what I did for them, you know, I helped them grow their retirement money. I helped them grow their college savings accounts. Uh, I would say I also helped them not do stupid things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, yes, and that's this. a little mm -hmm. harder. You know, um, that's a little harder to track or uh, or to you know to prove. But that's that's one thing I like to do is just to be a sounding board and and I tell my clients, please, at a minimum, just please run it by me so I can give you my. <laughs> you know, run your idea by me so I can kind of give you my two cents or, or mm -hmm. help you think, help you think about some of the risks to, to be aware of. Right. And, uh, um, but I wish I had, I'm sure I will within a few years, but, um, I don't know that I have a, uh, a succinct anecdote for, you know, like a, like a commercial on TV for somebody achieving all their, financial <laughs> dreams um, because most of them are really uh, you know in the middle of those dreams right <laughs> or, you know the, the, the pursuing those goals correct right yeah uh, okay great um I, we've covered a lot here but is there anything <laughs> else you wanted to add any last no thoughts? thank you I don't this has been fun I don't I don't know that I have anything else to add um uh no no Okay. I could keep ram I could keep rambling, but I think I've already done it done enough of that. <laughs> You've shared a lot of really good information. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to thank you for coming on today, educating us all on financial planning and Tortuga Tortuga wealth management and dealing with my stream of compliments <laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> if any of you are interested in, you can reach Jeff at Tortuga Wealth Management, 310-929. Zero one zero nine or Jeff at Tortuga Wealth. And of course, you can check out their website too, tortugawealth.com. Thank you so oh, much, Christy, Jeff. One... I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Can I? I just re realized. Can I add in one? I just want to put in one um, disclaimer. My compliance department, I'm sure, would like me to 
say yes. this. Mm-hmm. And that is that, let me just make sure I get the right, you know, verbiage. Um, so one, this is not investment advice. Um, and, uh, and then two, Jeff Weston is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC, investment advice offered through Tortuga Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL uh, LPL Financial. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me to also say the disclaimer that nothing in this podcast, in this episode or otherwise is considered legal advice. <laughs> it is just general information, everybody. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Jeff. And um, I look forward to our next meeting and everyone uh, taking a little break for Thanksgiving, but I'll be back after with the next episode. Thank you so much, Christy. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. I just want to say thanks for listening today. To set up a meeting with me, you can contact my office at 818-248-2183 or go to my website at lawyercma.com. Please note that this podcast does not contain legal advice. It contains only general information. I'm not your attorney unless we have a contract saying that I'm a lawyer. Thanks. I just want to say thanks for listening today. To set up a meeting with me, you can contact my office at 818-248-2183 or go to my website at lawyercma.com. Please note that this podcast does not contain legal advice. It contains only general information. I'm not your attorney unless we have a contract saying that I'm your lawyer. Thanks.